Welcome back to the 859 Insider Podcast. I'm your co-host, Noah Ziegler, alongside my good pal, friend, co-founder of 859 Insider, Adam Conradi. We're finally back. It's been a while, but man, after a long off-season, it felt like ages, but also not. It, it felt like we had a lot going on in the summer because everything got pushed back, but you know, we're back. We're finally back. So, um, you know, first off, Adam, how you doing? How you feeling? You know, it's it's August. It's probably one of the most exciting months for high school sports because we're finally back. Oh, man, it feels great to be back after a few months off there in the summer. It felt like it never going to start up back up again. But here we are. And football is starting on time this year. We're going to have a full season as are soccer and volleyball and golf. Everything's going off at the same time. We have all the soccer and volleyball coverage ready to go on our website. We've put in every score from the past week, and we have the stats coming out on every Sunday, so be on the lookout for that. We've had some solid teams. Uh, got some really good-looking players this year throughout the region. And uh, to go back a little bit on the spring, because we haven't recorded in a while, uh, a little quick run-through on the baseball season. Uh, Covcalf started out, uh, I think it was like 22, 24-0, something like that. It was, they were unbelievable. And they only lost three games on the season. Sadly, two of them were to Beachwood. Beachwood also had a 30-win season, and they ended up winning the ninth region. They beat Cubcalf in the district championship and the regional championship. Uh, senior Brad Holiday uh, threw a complete game in the regional championship and in the opposite field of Homer. And also uh, Campbell County won the 10th region in baseball. Sadly, both of them uh, fell out in the first round, but it was a very solid year on the baseball diamond. And of course, we had boots on the ground. Adam, you were there at a, is it UC Health Stadium now, aka the home of the Florence Yalls, the Yall Stars. So, you know, we, we obviously the uh, the coverage is picking up now. I mean, we, we, I mean, yeah, I guess you and Jacob, who um, is trying to get with us, he is moving in. He moved into NKU today. So he's figuring out the Wi Fi issues um, at his dorm because apparently they've got Wi Fi issues, which is, just a, a great way for NKU to get the freshmen started. And, uh, but, you know, you guys were on the ground for the latter half of the basketball season when the, you know, COVID uh, didn't let up per se, but, you know, there was, it was kind of more people were getting allowed in, you know, vaccinations were rolling out. And um, I mean, now we're at a point, like you said, we're, we're still dealing with some COVID cancellations, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not at the point where we can totally say, Hey, we're all good, all clear. We, we still have a little bit to go until we get there. But like you said, um, I mean, yeah, we had boots on the ground at UC health stadium for that, uh, you know, Adam providing great coverage of that are all the videos and highlights on our website and on our Twitter and Instagram, which you can find at eight, five, nine insider.com or at eight, five, nine insider on both social media platforms, quick plug, but, uh, yeah, that, that, um, you mentioned it, Covcath, Beachwood, obviously probably the two, one of the or two of the best baseball teams in the region, Campbell County as well up there. Um, you can always count on Covcath and Beachwood to play an absolute classic, no matter the sport, uh, whether it's football, basketball, baseball. And, you know, it's, that's such a great rivalry to have. And it's, it's really cool. Cause I mean, Covcath obviously a bigger school than Beachwood. And then, you know, you have Beachwood consistently playing, um, you know, <laughs> playing way above the, uh, you know, no disrespect to the class two way, but they usually play at a way higher level than that. Um, and I guess in basketball, it doesn't really matter because there are no classes, which, you know, may that never change. But um, yeah, Adam, like you said, there's those two teams um, getting back, getting to the regional championship. 
having another just classic game. Um, I mean, you had a, you had a talented pitcher on the mound for Cuffcath and Trevor Wilson and Beachwood was able to, you know, get ahead of it. They were able to, you know, kind of get him off his groove. And then obviously uh, when your pitcher throws a complete game and also throws on an opposite field Homer, you got to just tip your cap and just say, man, that's, that's when you, that's when the competitiveness, just, you got to respect it. And same thing with Campbell County, you know, they were able to get through a tough 10th region and, they were able to get to this uh, to the state tournament. So seeing those teams do do their thing uh, on the diamond is great. But like you said, a long summer has finally almost come to an end. School has started. It feels weird. Um, you know, I graduated, so I'm not I'm not going back to school. It's crazy. I still can't get over it. But yeah, now we're uh, we're 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 back. At least uh, you know <laughs> we're it's actually it's just straight up. We're back. It's it's crazy to think that. Yes, we are. We are 100% completely back. And we have some very exciting news to announce. Uh, We partnered with MVP Sports Marketing this past year to help build an app and a streaming platform with Blueframe Technology. And we are launching the 859 Insider Network this week, which will be very big uh, for football, basketball, uh, volleyball, soccer, anything, graduations, anything you might want to see from these schools. And we partnered with uh, nine schools from around Northern Kentucky, and we'll be posting those links uh, at all times. It'll be all over our website. We'll have links embedded on every single game. We'll have it on the front page. You'll, you'll definitely be able to find it. But we, it's very exciting news, and this is a big step that we've taken. Yeah, just just I guess like a personal anecdote for me, you know, Adam, you know I started the St. Henry Broadcasting Club. Um, it launched my senior year, so uh, probably late 2016. And uh, I, I still remember the first live broadcast. It was a basketball game against Campbell County um, at St. Henry. And, uh, you know, at some point I was worried because I didn't know who was going to take o- take it over when I left. And I had luckily Ma- Max Schluter, who actually just moved into the University of Kentucky this past week uh, as an eighth grader, came to me and said, hey, uh, this is something I want to do. And he took it over and took it to new heights they you know they they started doing videos they had commercials sponsorships they had an entire crew or production and you know just to kind of fast forward to now and now we're having a lot of these schools kind of replicate that you know i know blue frame is doing a phenomenal job of giving just great i mean the the production value of it from the start is great um and just for for students to be able to do this and if any student has any interest in you know whether it's commentating doing camera work production and and i mean this is something as a high schooler if you get your if you start doing this and started getting these kinds of reps in that's going to look great on college applications resumes you, you know for to give students the ability to get this sort of jump in their career in broadcast or in journalism and, you know, I mean, brought both, both fields are, that's something where if you get that experience that early, you're in a great position. So for students who are, who are listening to this and are interested in that, please, you know, go for that. Absolutely get involved in that. Do what you can to, uh, to make sure that you're a part of that. Get some clips in and being able to have the streams for, you know, alums, family members that live out of town. I mean, the streams look great and, you know, the quality is high. And like you said, you know, the work of Blue Frame and MVP Sports and, um, you know, a part of the A59 Insider Network, 
it's it's just it's a great tool it's a great platform to have and you know i'm really excited to see how much um i mean i'm really excited to see how much it's already grown to and how much it's going to grow so really excited to see kind of the progress that that's going to make but like you said those streams are huge because obviously we've got a lot to talk about uh you know we've talked about soccer and volleyball which like adam said earlier we're always constantly updating our website and twitter and instagram uh, with the scores, but we've got a lot to talk about, uh, you know, a certain sport that's coming up, you know, Friday night lights, it's, uh, you know, clocks, we're recording this at 1150, uh, at night, actually, I'm gonna cut that out. Um, you know, we're recording this and we've got a few hours away from, uh, Friday night lights. And it's just, it's such an exciting feeling to, to be like, okay, the clock's turning tomorrow. And, you know, I, again, we graduated in 2017, it's 2021. Um, we're old now and I still kind of get, I still have that feeling like, you know, we went to St. Henry, so we don't, uh, we didn't, we never woke up to Friday night lights, but I spent a year at St. X. So I guess I kind of get the, you know, whatever, but that feeling that you get up on Friday and you're like, there's a game tonight, everyone's going to be there. It's going to be exciting. And especially this year. And even though we're not fully out of COVID yet, it, it feels like we're, we're just back to somewhat normalcy. We're back to being able to go see, uh, you know, people play, people are being able to go see their classmates play football. You know, I mean, for the fact, like, for example, how many, how many Beachwood kids would have loved to see Cam Herget put together the season that he orchestrated to get Mr. Football. And now this year he's back and I mean, Beachwood's going to be great. Covcat's going to be great. We're going to talk about all of it, but so, so excited, man. So excited. Ah, we are just so close. Football is uh, starting up. I, I cannot uh, be more excited about this, really. I've had, I, I really have the pregame jitters right now is what it feels like because I'll be going to a game tomorrow night since I'm in town. And I'll actually be at the LexCath at Ryle game. I'm going to be helping with their uh, new stream setup. Uh, I'm very excited, very excited for it. should be a very good game. Uh, and also Jacob will be at two games tomorrow night. He's going to go to Oldham County at Simon Kenton for one half. And then he's going to go to Campbell County in Newcastle for a half. And then obviously we'll uh, find all the scores we possibly can. And we'll update those in real time. And we'll put those in the website in real time too. So you don't have to just be checking the Twitter. You can just check the website. It's much easier that way. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll definitely be on top of that. And yeah, those, those games are going to be so good because I mean, the thing is, is the 2020 season, especially, I mean, we talk about it. I mean, you see it in high school or excuse me, you see it in NFL, in college, how the 2020 season is such a toss up because nobody knows if some of the teams that did well last year, if it's going to translate to a quote unquote normal year. And now we're going to get the chance to see, we're going to get the chance to see if Dixie Heights can actually back it up. We're going to see if Simon Kenton will bounce back. We're going to see if Beachwood's going to be able to maintain their dominance, which they have over through the years, but we're going to see so many kind of question marks be answered. And, you know, the fact that we're going to see pretty quickly, I think where each team is at is just really exciting. And I, I completely agree the pregame jitters. It's kind of just like, Oh, wow. Like, all right, we're, we're getting back. It's like, kind of, you can't, it's like the night before Christmas, you can't go to sleep. Exactly. It's, it's a very similar feeling to that. I mean, less, I'm not even playing, not even strapping on <laughs> up in the press box, but it's got me feeling like this. So that's, that's, that's our sport a big moment coming up. Yeah, That's our sport. Our sports, the, uh, we play journalism. We don't play uh football, but, um, uh, yeah, Adam, uh, without, without further ado, you want to get into football talk? 
Let's do it. Well, you want to start with the 1A preview? Yeah, let's let's start with the 1A preview. So, of course, we have a, a class-by-class breakdown of each 859 team on our website at 859insider.com. Um, starting off with the 1A, uh, I think we got to start with Newport Central Catholic. Like you said, they have a big game tomorrow. That's that's going to be so intriguing because you got uh, 6A Campbell County. I believe 6A, right? Yes. Okay, 6A Camel County playing 1A Newport Central Catholic. Obviously, NCC year in, year out is a tough squad. And Camel County, they're, they're heading into an interesting year. They're, they had a leading rusher and quarterback, Preston Agee, who transferred to Covington Catholic. He's gone. Their second-string quarterback is also gone. They, they lost a lot of weapons. And Camel County, um, I believe the last, I think the stat I saw was the last three seasons, they've been nine and 21. So they're, I, I don't, I don't want to say desperate, but I think it has to be, they're eager to try to orchestrate some wins and put together a winning record to kind of set their program back in the right direction. And obviously NCC, a one, a opponent, you would expect them to win, but uh, the thoroughbreds are always, they're always good. And this year they're going to be pretty, they're going to be better than last year. And if NCC from their perspective, if they can get a win over a six, a school, that's huge. If they can already start off like that, I mean, who's to say what, who, what else they can do, but I mean, again, a big game against Campbell County. And then a week later they play Holmes. This is, it's going to be a huge first week for NCC um, and Campbell County. Cause really both teams that'll set, that'll really set the direction for their seasons. Definitely. That, that first game tomorrow night with a, uh... Campbell County is going to be absolutely huge. And that's, uh, that's a personal game for both of them, with uh, both being Campbell County schools. They definitely know a lot of each other's friends, and you know that they're going to want to beat each other whenever you play against people you know. So that'll be a fun one. A lot of, a lot of rivalry talk, I'm sure. And then right after that, they play Roger Bacon, and then they get into their uh, 1A schedule with uh, Holy Cross and Newport on the 17th and the 24th. And then they end the season with Ludlow, Dayton, Bellevue, and then Beachwood as the final game versus Newcath. That, that'll be a tough one. Uh, I think, Noah, what'd you have them uh, going this year? 10 and two was your projection. Uh, I, I could see, so I could see NCC. I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and say, yeah, I think NCC is going to beat Campbell County. I think Holmes will be an interesting game because Obviously, Holmes is coming back with Quantes, the Callaway twins, actually. Uh, Quantes and you know uh, his brother Taquan. And Holmes, obviously, district champs last year. They're they're kind of riding a high, and if they can, if NCC can beat Holmes, and then they play a tough Walton Verona team, who they had a disappointing year last year to their standards. Uh, you know, NCC's kind of looking at a a potential four and start. I'd expect them to beat Holy cross. And then I'd expect them to beat Newport as well, as well as Ludlow Dayton and Bellevue. Really? Honestly, NCC could rip off nine straight wins, but I, I think Holmes is a really good team. And I also know Campbell County will definitely, um, like you said, Campbell County is going to want to win that game just based off rivalry alone. I will, I'll say eight and two, um, I, obviously, I think Beachwood is probably going to handle business with Cam Hergut at the under center, um, and obviously just Beachwood being Beachwood, and then either either Holmes, Walton, Verona, or Campbell County. 
Um, one of those three, I think NCC might drop, but I, I could see them going eight and two. Um, and I believe our Jacob had them at eight and two as well. But yeah, I, I, I think eight and two will probably be a, a, a realistic best or realistic great season for NCC. What about you, Adam? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, people forget that this team made it to the state semis and uh, had a very good game that they lost and they, they could have really uh, gone it all won it all and we could have had multiple state champions out of Northern Kentucky this year. And there's still a lot of players from that team that are returning this year. So it, this new calf team has a lot of, has a decent amount of experience and they made it all the way there last year. If they get back there again, I think they can get over the hump. I mean, if they can go eight and two in the regular season, I really think that they can make a playoff run and maybe even win state in the one A. Right. Yeah. They definitely made a quiet run to the state semis. It kind of just was like, oh, wow, NCC is in the final four. And like you said, they were they were pretty close to making it to Kroger Field. But yeah, like you said, if they could if they can really orchestrate a, a good season, if they can kind of control the controllables this year, I, I agree. I think they can definitely make a run um, potentially again, make it to Kroger Field. But, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Camel County. We're going to stick with the Camel County theme moving on to Bishop Brossert. Uh, another interesting year last year, they went five and four and lost in the first round of the playoffs because of uh, a COVID issue. Um, a heartbreaking end, obviously, uh, to a season. No, nobody wants to end their season like that, but that's just that's the weird reality we live in nowadays, man. But, you know, the Mustangs, they have Jacob Light, Jed Martin. Uh, they've got a few a few players that are going to be there. I mean, they're going to be pretty good, but obviously Brossard's going to have a lot to handle. Uh, they have a pretty tough schedule, but again, it's Bishop Brossard. They always kind of just, they're, I mean, it's just Brossard, you know, they, they're always just like, they're always competitive. It's, I don't really even know how to describe it. They're always just, they're always competitive. They have three very winnable games to start the year, Dayton, Newport, and Bellevue. Although last year, I believe they lost to Newport. Um, and then Holy Cross, before they run into a little bit of a tricky second half of their schedule against Lloyd, Ludlow, Nicholas County, Bracken County, Paris, and Pendleton County. But uh, Brossard, again, kind of like NCC, the door is open for them to potentially go seven and three, maybe even better. They, they have, you know, a couple weapons on both sides of the ball that can obviously, you know, carry them, especially in one, a play. It's just going to be a matter of, can they get it done in the playoffs? Will they be able to, you know, put together those wins when they play the tough out of town opponents, you know, they can handle everyone kind of in the Northern Kentucky, the quote unquote central Northern Kentucky or kind of up here. But when they start to play tough opponents that come from the different parts of the state, you know, some of the opponents maybe you would expect to see toward the end of the postseason, maybe in the semifinals or the state finals, you start to wonder, okay, can Brossard get over that hump? And um, Adam, I'm curious to see how, what do you think about Brossard this year? I, I could see them going seven and three in a best case scenario, um, possibly six and four if some things don't fall their way. But hey, a three and zero start would be absolutely huge for them. And then who's to say what they could do for the rest of the year? Yeah, I couldn't agree more about how and how telling those first three games of the season are going to be for uh, Bishop Brossard. Versus Dayton tomorrow night on the 20th, and then next week is at Newport. And as you as you mentioned, they uh, lost to Newport last season. And Newport has a new coach this year, Brian Weinrich. So if they can uh, win their week one game, he'll be looking to start 2-0, and and that would be absolutely massive. That I mean, new coach always gives you more energy. 
and then at Bellevue as well on uh, on uh, September 3rd. So if they can go 3-0 and through that stretch, they can really get some momentum going into the Holy Cross, Lloyd, Ludlow stretch, and those are all three home games. And I think, I mean, if you start out 3-0, and I think the, they'll be playing well and they could maybe win two out of three of those. And then if you start out 5-1, and one, then you're really looking at the playoffs at that point in mid-September. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, if, like you said, if, if Brosser can just kind of put that together, it's who, who's to say. But um, kind of moving on, I guess we the last the last three teams of the uh, 1A is Ludlow, Dayton, Bellevue, obviously the three schools um, on the river, all rivals, all close. Um, but, you know, kind of Ludlow and Dayton are in more similar situations than uh, Bellevue, Bellevue's uh, kind of struggling right now They're They had a little bit of almost an issue of not being able to field a team, but it looks like they're going to field a team and they're going to be able to play a season this year. But obviously when you're in that situation, when you, when they went winless last year and they had to scrap together something this year, it doesn't look great for them, but obviously, uh, you know, we, we know, um, they're, they're going to be hungry to try to prove everyone wrong. So if, if Bellevue can, string together a win or two and their tough schedule, maybe they can do it, but you know, kind of focusing on Dayton and Ludlow, um, those two schools are always hover around 500, especially now, um, you know, Ludlow last year finished four and six and, you know, they went three and five in the, uh, regular season, but one and one in the playoffs. So obviously getting a win is huge, but, Ludlow kind of has a tough schedule. They open up against Bracken County at home, but then they have to go across the river to Lockland before they play Paris, Carroll County, Bishop Brossard, Mason County, NCC. I mean, that's, that's a brutal stretch. So if Ludlow, I mean, if you're looking at that for the Panthers, that's going to be huge. That's going to be, that's going to make or break how well they do this year. Um, Adam, what do, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Their schedule is a little tougher now that I'm looking at it. But I want to give a quick shout out to Ludlow running back uh, coming into his senior year, Braxton Newborn. This guy's going to be one of the top rushers in the state. He's a big time college recruit as well. I think he has a couple of D3 offers, maybe a D2 in there as well. Uh, he had over 2,000 all purpose yards just last season 1,827 rushing yards and 203. Uh, receiving yards he had uh yeah he just absolutely was unbelievable he had 26 rushing touchdowns last year 27 total touchdowns i, th- I believe he was a, a top five or a top 10 rusher in the state as well so he's coming back for his senior year he's gonna have something to prove if Ludlow's is gonna do anything this year i think it's gonna be on the back of braxton newborn and what is it with ludlow player to watch yeah what is it with ludlow and producing just all-purpose players like Justin Blackburn would always rip off these insane numbers, and now you got Braxton Newborn just coming in and killing it. I mean, you love to see those kinds of players go through those small schools like Ludlow, but you know, then you're a team. Then you go to Dayton, where Dayton doesn't have you know the two almost two thousand yard rusher, but they just have a team that kind of has these weapons all across the board, and they could potentially kind of do something this year, but, you know, shifting to the green devils, they, again, a tough opener against Bishop Brossert, but then a very winnable game at home against Pendleton County. And then they play uh, Western Hills, who I believe is, well, no, they are from, I, I, for some reason, I just assume Western Hills is from uh, Cincinnati, which I, 
for what is is there not a Western Hills in Cincinnati? Walnut Hills. Well, uh, yeah, 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 you're right. But you know, Dayton again, they're they're in a similar situation. They've got a they've got a tough schedule with, you know, they're I mean, all all across the board, really. They got Brosser, Pendleton County. I'm seeing Sayer, which you know, shout out Chad Pennington. He's chilling there as their head coach. Um, well, actually, let me see. Yeah, James C. Pennington. So that's uh, according to the KHSA scoreboard. But you know, ending ending the season with Bellevue, NCC, Ludlow, and Eminence for Dayton. I mean, you look at that schedule and I'm seeing a lot of games that are winnable and then I'm seeing some games that are going to be tough for the Green Devils. So I'm really curious to see if Dayton can string together momentum or if it's going to be an up and down season for them. Are they going to be able to you know, put together two or three wins and get over the 500 mark or are they going to struggle and is are a couple losses going to derail the season? Um Adam, I know Dayton is kind of right in your, you're in Dayton, their, their stadiums in your backyard. So uh, I'm sure you're going to be able to catch a few games this year for them. Yeah. For reference, uh, when I go out on my front porch, I can pretty much see down the hill into the Dayton football stadium. So I, I hear their PA announcer all the time. It's very, <laughs> very pleasing noise. I'll just open the window on a Saturday and listen to a Dayton football game. Never get away from it. You know how it goes, but yeah, Dayton, they have a very tough schedule this year. Uh, they had a decent season last year. I, I think they could maybe surprise some people if they uh, uh, at, at Bishop Rosser start the season. It's going to be a tough one, obviously. Uh, versus Pendleton County, though, as you said, that's a very winnable game. And then I think they could win at Sayre, even though Chad Pennington's there. I think they could get that done. Uh, at Bracken County, that's a tough one. I mean, I think Dayton could surprise some people this year. They're my hometown team. I'm going to ride with them. <laughs> you got to, you got to. And, uh, you know, if Dayton does well, that'd be awesome. You got to love to see those small schools, um, you know, you know, like Ludlow, Dayton, Bellevue, just kind of make those runs because they, they kind of, they kind of, for me, they epitomize what Kentucky high school sports is about. The small schools being able to punch way above their weight and being able to, you know, shock, shock people. But Kind of, I guess, shifting is more up to 2A. Um, you know, we talked about Newport a little bit already. You talked about a new head coach coming in, Brian Weinrich. Uh, you know, last year, the Wildcats went four and four. Uh, obviously, a new head coach coming in. Got to make changes. And, you know, for the Wildcats, this is this is going to be a huge year for them. I mean, just, just to, I mean, right the ship. If they can figure everything out. They play uh, Mason County, Brossard, and Pendleton County the first three weeks, and then Holmes after that. I mean, Newport has another chance for me. I, I, for me, I guess I could see them going another five and five or a five hundred season. But a couple games where again, it really just depends on how are things going to fall. Are, are the chips going to fall in their favor, or are things going to get tough? And will things slip? Because you know, there's there's only so many games you can play. Obviously, with ten games and knock on wood that this doesn't happen, but who's to say that a COVID issue doesn't pop up and all of a sudden, maybe they only play nine or eight games. If Newport struggles a little bit to start, you know, maybe they adjust, they have a little bit of an adjustment period with the new head coach. Uh, It'll be interesting to see kind of how, how they, I guess, again, not to use this word again, but how they adjust, how they kind of gel as a team. But, you know, for, for Newport, again, uh, Ethan Jefferson coming back as a quarterback, that's going to be huge. Obviously, whenever you have a returning quarterback, especially for a, uh, 
a new head coach. And, you know, I know Jacob will love this, loved this part of the article that he put up, but uh, you know, they haven't beaten NCC since 1999. I mean, that's ridiculous to not beat your rival in this century. I mean, I, I, I that's, I know that's gotta be in their minds. They gotta want to be the Kings of Newport again, but uh, Adam looking at their season, what do you think about Newport and what do you think would, uh, what do you think they need to, what do you think they need to accomplish in order to, Get, you know, kind of get above 500 and potentially win a game or two in the playoffs. Yeah. When Jacob uh, put that in his article, I really had to look that up. I was like, there's no way that's true. They, they had to have won one or two, but yeah, it, it's true. And Newport, they look pretty solid on paper this year. I, I really think that they could get some, have a solid season, especially with coach Weinrich coming in, uh, implementing a new system. With uh, Ethan Jefferson, as you mentioned, senior quarterback returning, and he also plays uh, wide receiver and DB, so he can really do it all. Uh, he's the leader of their team, so if he can really uh, buy into what uh, Coach Weinrich is doing and get everybody behind him, I think Newport can uh, maybe surprise some people this year. That uh, big game for them is uh, September 10th at Holmes. That's always a rivalry game, and I don't know how they did in that one last year. I think they lost to it. So I think they're definitely going to want to avenge that one. Yeah. They yeah. Lost last year, 12 to six at home last year. So that's a, yeah, that look, a close game. They're going to want to avenge that for sure. And Ethan Jefferson and the Callaways are going to be going at it again. So that'll be a very, very fun one. Yeah. And we, we just, yeah. Like we said, we both talked, talked about that NCC, uh, kind of winless streak they lost to ncc 17 14 last year so they're they're knocking on the door of being in that competitive spot i mean you look at some of the losses they had last year you know 12 to 6 17 14 and you know they lost to beachwood 56 to 7 which well, that's an outlier but then you lose 20 to 13 in the playoffs to lloyd a team they had beaten in the regular season so again a couple a, a couple things go their way and all of a sudden newport is looking at a much better season than four and four and like you said on paper this year they could arguably be better than last year so who's to say that if newport doesn't all of a sudden you know get off to a hot start take if they take the game against holmes who's to say what what else they can do and then they have a game against cincinnati college prep which i'm not gonna front i have never heard that uh of that school and uh so i have absolutely no idea how they're gonna do but that ncc game is right almost uh, almost in the middle. It's their sixth game of the year. So right in the thick of the season. So we'll have a really good idea on what type of Newport team that is. And we'll also be able to see just, you know, by then, Hey, is this Newport team going to be able to stick, stick together and potentially orchestrate something deep uh, in the playoffs. And maybe, you know, we'll see. I mean, obviously I think as of right now, undoubtedly two a football in the eight, five, nine runs through Fort Mitchell and the Beachwood Tigers. But Hey, if someone's if someone's got to someone's got to try to you always got to try to beat them. So if you're Newport, why not us? I say us as in as if I went to Newport, but I did not. <laughs> but you know, I guess speaking speaking of Beachwood, uh, you know they're they're the big one. They're obviously the uh, they're the team to beat in the entire state. State champions last year in absolute dramatic fashion. They blocked. Was it PAT or field goal to win uh, the state championship against Lexington Christian? I believe it was a blocked PAT. 
what what a what a way to win that! But a, a storybook ending to Cam Hergett's historic season. Obviously, Hergett winning Mister Football with two thousand four hundred sixty seven passing yards and twenty six touchdowns. Yeah, and he's coming back. He uh, originally was set to graduate, but then the um, you know the new the law or ordinance, whatever the technical term for it, uh, allowing students to come back. And Cam obviously took that opportunity for. Uh, we, and we've talked about this, uh, I think in a couple of previous episodes of the podcast, but you know, he, he came back and it was pretty clear that, I mean, we, all of his offers were to non-scholarship university or non-scholarship FCS schools, or it was a preferred walk-on at Akron. And he came back and he was able to get an offer from EKU and he has since committed to EKU an FCS school with, uh, either a partial or full scholarship, I assume, um, so obviously well worth it for Cam Hergett, but he's, he also has the chance to come back and continue to have a historic high school career. And for him and Beachwood, they're looking really good this year. They're going to be even better than last year. You know, a team that was always competitive. I mean, they're always competitive no matter who they play. But I mean, you look at some of the games they had last year, losing 19 to 17 to Covington Catholic. I'm, I'm, I sure that they're all and like so antsy to get back and have the chance to beat Cuffcath, especially since that game will be at Beachwood this year. Uh, they lost to Dixie 28 to 20. Dixie had a really good season last year. So, I mean, you, again, Beachwood has the chance. I, I think they have a chance to go undefeated this year. I think every year they really do. It's just how Noel Rash has just built that program to ex- assume the expectation is undefeated. But Adam, what, what what do you think about the Tigers? I mean, are you do you think uh, it's undefeated or bust, or do you think maybe? Uh, actually, I don't even know. I think I think everyone can agree that they're probably the favorites to repeat as state champions. I think they're definitely the favorites to repeat as state champions. Uh, I they they uh, had a very strong playoff run last year. They beat Breathitt County fifty-two to seven in the second round. Lloyd thirty-eight to zero to open it up. And then West Carter away, they won 35-34 in the semis. And then they beat Lexington Christian 24-23, as we mentioned, on that blocked uh, PAT in overtime. So they had a fantastic season last year. But their semis and finals game were very close games. So the teams were pretty even last year. But Beachwood, I mean, they returned pretty much all of their starters from last season. It's truly terrifying how like good they could be on paper looking at them. And I mean, they have a couple of interesting games. I think they should start out five and zero going into the Cubcath game. And that one, Cubcath at home, that's going to be a fantastic game. Cubcath will have a few games under their belt because they'll have a new starting quarterback this year, so he'll be more comfortable by then. So both those teams should be right in their rhythm. And then immediately after that, they have a they have a bye week, and then October 1st at Dixie. So versus Cubcath and at Dixie are back-to-back weeks. They're two biggest games with a bye week in between. So that's going to be a huge stretch for this Beachwood team. And I think even if they win one out of two of those, that'd be very successful. But if they can win both, I mean, this would be just an absolutely magical season for Beachwood. And, and I think if they win both of those, there's no doubt that they go undefeated and win state. Oh yeah. I I'm also really interested in that Simon Kenton game at Simon Kenton on September 10th. Uh, obviously chase Crone and the pioneers and uh, coach Jeffrey Marksbury are really 
uh, hoping to have a bounce back season this year. And for Beachwood, that'd be a big win because obviously we we know Simon Kenton can light up the scoreboard whenever. And, um, you know, obviously Beachwood can as well. So it'll be really interesting to see those two schools go at it. But yeah, like you said, I think Beachwood is looking at uh, going into that Cuffcath game undefeated. And if they can, you know, obviously a home game, that's that'll be with both teams having plenty of experience going into that. So they'll be able to kind of, you know, know, know their identities. I know obviously Beachwood probably has a more solidified idea, but obviously a big rivalry. And like you said, playing against Dixie at Dixie, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the Colonels later, but uh, we both think Dixie are going to be very, very good this year. So if Beachwood can repeat another win against the Colonels, um, the Dixie Heights Colonels, you know, I got to specify that, not Covington Catholic, but, or maybe both, but we will see uh, how Beachwood does. And, you know, again, after, after that kind of tough stretch, I mean, they play Simon Kenton, Cuffcath, and Dixie in the middle of the season. And then they play Holy Cross, Lloyd, Newport, and NCC. So, you know, a tough stretch in the middle of the season. That'll be a huge test for Herget and the Herget and the Tigers. But those last final four games are probably going to be uh, pretty, pretty easy, easy wins as it as it showed in years past. But, um, you know, moving on from Beachwood, uh, Holy Cross, not looking too great. Um, you know, last year went two and six. Uh, again, you know, not not really uh, not really many ways to put it. Uh, probably a probably a win to start the season. They play Bellevue, but then they play Walton, Verona, Scott, Brossard, NCC, Holmes, Beachwood. Uh, I would expect all, all those games to be not in the Indians' favor. But Adam, um, what do you think about Holy Cross? Obviously, they they're going to have to have a next man up mentality when it comes to finding success this year. But what do you think? Because I, I keep looking at their schedule and I keep thinking, yeah, I don't I don't know how. Uh, or if Holy Cross can really, I mean, that that's just, it's, it's not even a slight at Holy Cross. That's just a very tough middle of the schedule. And for a team that struggled last year and may not, or didn't really pick up any, or doesn't really have any stars to really fall back on. Uh, that's a, that's a brutal stretch. And we're, we're really going to, I guess we're going to figure out quickly who's going to lead this Holy Cross team. Yeah, I agree. And last year they graduated uh, senior wide receiver Brandon McClendon, and he was the heart and soul of their uh, offense. So that's going to be a big loss. So they're going to be need needing to replace a lot of yardage on offense. Uh, they played one scrimmage against Boone County last or at Boone County last week, and they lost twenty nine to seven. Didn't go too great, but they do open the season against Bellevue. So. I think they should open the season with a win and then versus Walton will be a tough one. And then after that, they, pl- they uh, play versus Scott at home and Scott had a tough season last year. So that should be a very interesting matchup. If Holy Cross can really like get, get it figured out by then, I think they can maybe give them a game. We'll see. We'll see. But I, all in all, I, I think Holy Cross is going to struggle this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if that, uh, if they can put something for that Scott game, that'd be huge. But if uh, if that doesn't go well, then it's going to be a long season for Holy Cross. But speaking of Walton Verona, um, I, I mentioned this earlier. They started last year. They started zero and two, one four straight, but then kind of just couldn't gain some consistency. Uh, they beat a pretty bad Shawnee team in the first round, and then they beat Carroll County in the second. 
and losing to West Carter, who made the state semifinals before losing to Beachwood by one. So, you know, who's, I mean, they easily were one of the best teams in 2A last year. But this year, uh, Trey Hatmaker coming back for the Bearcats, you know, they're looking to have another good season. Obviously, Walton Verona for the past couple of years, they're used to kind of making those, I don't even want to say Cinderella runs because now it's kind of like, Hey, Walton's done this multiple times. They can, you know, they're, they're one of the tougher teams up here, but you know, Walton, it, it, we mentioned about Scott Walton and Walton for over Scott as the uh, game, the first week one game, that's going to be such a, such an exciting game because both teams, I mean, we, we talk about this, that's going to be so telling for both teams. You know, what, what kind of team is Walton Verona this year is, are they going to be able to go in and punch Scott in the mouth? And I feel weird saying that because it sounds like I'm talking about someone and not a high school, but are they going to be able to punch the Eagles in the mouth and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're the Bearcats. We're, you know, we're going to be able to actually come, you know, we're going to compete this year. We're going to get back to where we're used to. And then they, they have a second game against Holy Cross. And then they play Grant County, NCC, Boone, Gallatin County, Carroll County, Owen County, Shawnee. Again, we talk about brutal stretches of their schedule. I'm only seeing, I mean, for me, Grant County and Newport Central Catholic are probably the two toughest games. Add Scott in there. Um, those are the three games, I guess, that I could see them losing, but I could also see them very much winning all three of those games. So I, I don't want to, I mean, I'm not going to throw the undefeated word out there for Walton Verona because, you know, again, it's a long season, but realistically, if they can get through the first couple of weeks of the season, I'd say if they can get through the first four weeks of the season, um, they're, they're looking pretty good. I know they lost to Boone last year, uh, you know, pretty close, but if they can, again, get something going and then, you know, they have a pretty easy road for the final five games, uh, they're going to be, they could potentially have all the momentum going into playoff time. And, you know, we talked about, or I just mentioned how they kind of make these deep runs in the playoffs Winning five straight heading into the playoffs is so huge for confidence. And I think they have the absolute best chance to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, Walton should be a very interesting team to watch this year. Uh, I, I think that Boone County matchup on the on September 17th is probably their most interesting game of the year. As you mentioned, they lost, uh, it was tw- they lost 12 to 8 at home versus Boone County last year. And they played home versus Boone County again this year. Don't know how that turned out. But, uh, yeah, so it's a rematch at home. You got Trey Hatmaker coming back for uh, Walton Verona. That, that one will be personal for them. And if they can get that win, that, that'll be huge for them. If they, because if they're already rolling after that part of the season, then they go straight into that five-game stretch that you mentioned and their season, then that'll give them a lot of – you know, momentum going into the playoffs. So they could really surprise some people this year, I feel like. For sure. And I think, you know, that'll be great for Walton Verona if they can kind of get back to that point of, I, I you know, being able to beat teams like Boone County, you know, the much bigger schools, you know, being getting back to that point. But shifting over, uh, last two teams in two-way, we've got Lloyd and Gallatin County. Um, Lloyd, I mean, Lloyd had four and three season last year they you know won their first couple of games but then fell to newport beachwood uh they had a big win against holy cross um ethan spalding is coming back last year he averaged 6.7 yards per carry had three 100 plus yard games with six touchdowns last year he's going to be huge for the juggernauts but 
Lloyd in a, in a similar position, um, you know, they're going to try to, I mean, they're going to want to figure, they're going to want to like put together some good games. They open up against Dixie Heights. So that'll be a really tough game uh, kind of out of the gate. And then they play Grant County, which again, will be a tough game, but then they play Providence in Indiana, which uh, again, full disclosure, absolutely no idea about Providence high school. Um, no disrespect intended, but uh, but then they have a you know Boone County, Brossard, and Montgomery County. Lloyd's got a pretty tough schedule, so you know Spalding in that offense, they're going to have a bit of you know a bit of work to do if they want to try to replicate a an above five hundred season. But um, for Lloyd, I guess Adam, what would you what would you consider a successful season? Because I, again, I'm looking at this; they got tough games against Newport, Beechwood, Dixie, Grant County. Brossert, Montgomery County. I mean, those that's a that's a tough slate. Yeah, they have an absolutely tough uh, schedule this year. After going four and three last year, I mean, I'd say that was a pretty successful season. I I think it's going to be tough for them to stay above five hundred this year, especially with uh, Ludlow looking much better. That well, I uh, they played Ludlow in the scrimmage last week. I, I believe they lost that scrimmage uh, to Ludlow last week. I thought that was the week one opener. But yeah, Dixie, that's that's gonna be a top one to open the season. Also, their September 24th game versus Evangel Christian is not happening because Evangel Christian uh canceled their season. So I, I assume they're looking for a game there. Right. Yeah. Tough this, look. <laughs> this this is a tough, this is a tough schedule for Lloyd. Right. Yep. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully they can string together a few wins and they can, you know, really gain some momentum. But like you said, that's that's just a tough look. But um, final, last but certainly not least, Gallatin County last year had probably um, I mean, again, last year they had a way better year than in years past. They went four and four. Uh, they were able to finally, you know, put together a few wins starting the year with a 27 to seven win over Bellevue. Uh, before losing to Walton Verona, but then having three straight wins against Owen County, Shawnee, and Trimble County, and then uh, falling to Carroll County, Grant County, and then Carroll County again in the playoffs. I mean, for head coach Tim Browning, they needed that year. They were not looking good the years past. They were struggling. They could you know, barely put together two wins, uh, if that. But this year... It's going to be interesting. They play Switzerland County, a team that they're always ha- they always have kind of a, a good game against. Uh, except you know that that'll be in a week's time that they play August twenty seventh, and then they play Miami Valley Christian and Cincinnati. Uh, again, uh, a smaller school, so we'll see if uh, Gallatin can put together that uh, put together a win there. But then they play Bellevue, Walton Verona, Owen County, um, Shawnee, Trimble County, Carroll County, Bracken County. I mean, again. Looking at the beginning of that season, if they can beat Switzerland County and Miami Valley and then handle Bellevue starting off three and oh for the Wildcats, I mean, that'd be huge for them because they they lost Mason Smith, who was their best player last year, but they have Logan Hammond returning again. He is a seasoned veteran under center um, for the Wildcats. He, He knows how to run that run heavy offense. But uh, you look, I mean, looking at their schedule. If they get if Gallatin County in a you know for me I guess in a best case scenario they could go seven and three and that'd be the best season they've had in years you know I, I'm you know looking at games like Bracken County Carroll County and Walton Verona those are probably the three games where 
they're going to have the most trouble with, but they've, they haven't beaten Carroll County in a long time. And I know that they, I mean, that's a big rivalry down there in Warsaw. So for them to potentially go into that game, just with all the momentum and potentially, you know, going into that game with only, I mean, not, not to put the high expectations on there, but if they win those two out of state games and they go into that game with one loss, That'll be the best, the best that Gallatin's felt in a long time when it comes to Friday Night Lights and football. So, I we'll we'll see what Logan Hammond can do, but I think this is probably, despite them losing a lot of production from last year, this might be the best shot they have that they've had in a while to have a really good season. But again, that's really going to depend on if they can make up that production because last year they kind of had a surprise, um, I guess surprise uh breakout from a couple players such as mason smith but you know now now he's gone now they graduated so it's is it going to be a next man up thing or are they just going to fall off again and go back to the back to the ways of going one and nine or maybe even oh and ten but you know again they play schools like shawnee and trimble county um and owen county which you know the Gallatin and Owen rivalry always goes back and forth in both basketball and football, but um, we'll see what happens with them. But Adam, what, what are you thinking about the Wildcats? Uh, yeah, just a quick note on that: uh, three road games to end the season. That's going to be tough at Trimble, at Carroll, at Bracken County. It's never fun to end the season with three road games, but that will definitely put them. If they can win two out of three of those, I mean, they'll be in a great spot. And also uh, a game that was missing on the KHSA website. They opened their season at Ludlow on oh, okay. tomorrow night. So that should be an interesting one as well. Yeah, that'll definitely be telling. If they can, you know, because obviously you said Braxton Newborn and Ludlow can, uh, if they can do something with that, that would be huge. But last year, the two, the two teams did not play because of a COVID cancellation. So it'll, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, again, like we mentioned at the top of the podcast, there's going to be so many of the games tomorrow, just going to be able to tell us so much about how these teams look, how they're going to do. And it's just so exciting to see uh, what, where everyone falls, but um, all right, I guess shifting to three, a now we only have one three, a school in the eight, five, nine area. And that is Pendleton County, the wildcats. Um uh, you know, again, <laughs> just to, I guess to be blunt, not really much to say because Pendleton County is likely going to struggle uh, once again this year. Last year they went four and five, but they they host a they host Pike County Central. Then they play Dayton, Newport, Henry County, Nicholas County, Mason County, Lewis County, Powell County, Fleming County, and Bishop Rossert. Whew, man, that was exhausting to read off, but. Um, a lot of underclassmen on the roster and that's, you know, it's looking like they're going to have a lot of growing pains, especially, um, you know, when you, when you look at again, Pike County central is going to be a tough game to start. Uh, that one is a Saturday game, but then they play, you know, at Dayton, which is not going to be easy. I believe last year, Dayton beat Pendleton County. Um, nine to eight. Yep. Yep. And, uh, so that's, that's going to be tough. And then, you know, a lot of the teams they played last year that they beat, they don't play this year. So for Pendleton to lose production and also have a bunch of those tough games, it's going to be really tough for them to, I mean, it's going to be really tough for them to orchestrate some momentum, but if they can, if they can string together a few wins, who's to say, but again, with the tough schedule, it's so hard for them to put together two or three wins. So 
we'll we'll see what happens with Pendleton County, but uh, you know things. Uh, it it might be a long season for them, but who's to say that they can't put uh, put together something and surprise everyone? Yeah, as you mentioned, it, it's a tough schedule for them. They only have three opponents on their schedule this year that they beat last year, with Owen County, Lewis County, and Powell County, and two out of the three of those are road games at Lewis County and at Powell County. So their schedule's not getting any easier this year. It, it's a lot of underclassmen on the roster. It, it, it might be a tough season for Pendleton County. Right. Completely agree. So, you know, shifting to 4A, uh, we'll start with the reigning district champions, the Holmes Bulldogs, uh, a, a great season last year. And obviously with the Callaway Twins, they're coming back. Uh, those two headline their that team. So um, Holmes looking at a, a, another Big season for the program, uh, uh, you know, a big game against Grant County to start the year, and then they play a tough NCC team. Uh, last year, they started the season one and two before getting six straight wins and being able to capture the district championship. Uh, you know, only losing five seniors last year, and then two of them come back, and two of them are some of your best players. Holmes has a really good chance to repeat as district champions, and that's that's really exciting for the team in Covington. Uh, you know, playing after they get through those first two weeks, Boone County, Newport, which will obviously, like you said, that's a big rivalry game. Holy Cross, Rowan County, Boyd County. I, I mean, that, that's going to be pretty big, but, you know, a, a little bit of an interesting stretch at the end of the season. They play Harrison County, Scott and Bellevue. Um, obviously, I, I think that Scott game is going to be circled on a lot of people's calendars because those two, um, I mean, again, Scott's going to want to get back to, Scott's going to want to get back to contending last year. Scott wasn't there and obviously Holmes beat them 50 to 25 last year. It'd be really interesting to see how good this Holmes teams is this year. And if they can string a back-to-back district championship. And I think, I think you almost have to put Holmes as the district favorites just because of how much they return. And the fact that the Callaways are coming back, even even without the Callaways, they're returning a lot of players and now they have them back. So, I mean, for Holmes, that's that's got to be huge. And for them to come into this season with all the momentum, they're going to have the confidence. They're going to have the swagger. It'll be really interesting to see if they can put together uh, again, another really memorable season and potentially looking at eight and two, nine and one. Who's to say they, they you know, they'll they'll be up there with very few losses. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I don't think there's a doubt that Holmes is going to have a very solid year this year. Uh, my only question is, uh, could they improve and maybe uh, make take the next step and win a playoff game in 4A? Last year, they uh, had a home playoff game against Boyd County and lost 55-14. to 14. So if they can put up a good record, get a nice matchup, maybe they can win a game and uh, really take their program to the next level this year. Yeah, and that, that game against Boyd County is interesting because they beat Boyd County in the regular season 26 to 15. So again, like you said, if they can if they can kind of str- like get something figured out, you know, whether or not it's it's just the mentality of knowing that they belong in, in the playoffs and making a deep run in the playoffs, who's to say what Holmes can do, but you know, we, it, you know, right there with them is Scott. Scott last year obviously didn't have a season that they're used to and you know, going, um, was it one in five that <sighs> Scott's Scott's going to be right there. And they have a lot of talented players, which makes that one in five record more peculiar, honestly, but you know, quarterback Gus Hallett coming back, 
Cam Patterson, Nolan Hunter, Sage Lally. I mean, they have a lot of players that lead that are up there in the region leaderboards in terms of stats. But Adam, what do you think about Scott this year? They've got a, a pretty interesting schedule, a very, uh, I, I'd say pretty, fa- you know, the first three weeks are going to be really interesting because, again, we talked about that Walton Verona game. But if they can beat Walton Verona and then handle Boone County, which a team that they lost to last year, but uh, if they could beat Boone County and then Holy Cross, maybe start the year 3-0, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, Scott's back. Yeah, I completely agree. Scott's going to be a very interesting team to watch uh, this coming season. Uh, they started off last year with an overtime loss uh, versus Boone County. So that was a tough start to their season. Then they went 0-4 after that point, just some tough losses, two on the road at West Jasmine and Rowan County. And then a one-point win over Boyd County. That was a nice win. And that's who uh, knocked Holmes out of the playoffs as well. So they defeated them last season. So Scott has the potential. As you said, they return a lot of talent. Uh, Gus Hallett, Cam Patterson, Nolan Hunter, and uh, Sage Lally, and uh, plenty more down the list. So I, I think if they can really pull it together, I mean, they, they only got to play six games last year. That's half a season. I mean, the, these guys really don't have the experience that they need to. And if they play a full season this year, I think really halfway, halfway through, they can really, like, hit a stride. I mean, if that's just more experience they're playing together. And I think Scott can really surprise some people this year and maybe contend with Holmes for the district title. For sure. And that, that game against Holmes, uh, on October 22nd, the second to last game before Scott faces Dixie in the last game. Um, that's, that's just, again, going to be one that's circled because that could very well be the uh, regular season district championship for that, uh, for a district, but, um, that, that wraps up for a moving on to five, a, which is always going to be an absolute dog fight. Um, I guess, again, we'll, we'll start off with Boone County and they're, they're still searching for it. They haven't had more than they haven't won more than two games since 2000 or they haven't had a win winning season since 2011. And they haven't won more than two games since with multiple winless game or seasons along the way. Uh, they're there. There's just no easy way to put it, man. There's the rebels are just, I don't, I don't even know They're It's, it's tough because I mean, Boone County, they're in five a, and they're in a tough district and they consistently schedule hard, which kudos to them because that's, that's how you get better as a program, but they they've struggled for the past decade. And, you know, this year they open up against Russell and they play Scott Holmes, Lloyd Walton. I, I, I really hate to say it, but there's a potential chance that they have another winless season. Now they, there, there are a few games that they can win, uh, I'm looking at, you know, potentially Cooper. Cooper lose, uh, lost their star player. We'll talk about them in a second. Um, Tate's Creek, maybe. You know, Bo- Boone County's beaten teams in in a, in, you know, in shocking fashion. They've beaten uh, some pretty talented Campbell County teams a couple of years ago. Uh, they play a couple smaller schools, you know, Lloyd, uh, Russell, Walton, Verona. You know, we again, I mean, they beat Scott and Walton last year. So who's to say they can't do it this year? But depending on how much Scott and Walton Verona improve, we're, we're going to have to see how much Boone County improves. But, I mean, hopefully for the Rebels' sake, I hope they make me eat my words. I, I'm not trying to predict that they'll go winless. Um, I'll, I'll give the, I'll, I'll say two and eight. Uh, they'll pluck together a few wins. But, man, they, they just have a tough schedule every year. And, uh, you know, again, I respect them for it. But 
you know, when you, there's, there's no easy way around it. They haven't had more than two wins since 2011. That's, that's no bueno. No, it is not. Yeah. There's no secret that Boone County has struggled over the past few years. So, I mean, when we were in high school, they were constantly struggling. Uh, but yeah, as you said, they're, they never uh, lack in uh, strength of schedule. That is what they always have being a strong five, a team. They're always going to play their district opponents at, they're always going to play Scott and Walton Verona. Always going to play these tough games. And I think that's what makes them better. They, they return a decent amount of talent. And they won two, two games, as you mentioned. They beat Scott and Walton Verona, both road games last year. And this year, they, they're at Walton Verona and at Scott again. So both on the road again this year. So that makes it a little tougher that they don't have those at home. But in between those two games, they have Holmes and Lloyd. And I think they can maybe pick up one out of two of those and surprise some people. The Holmes game will be a tough one, but I, th- I think they can possibly beat Lloyd and maybe get a three-win season. Yeah, that, and, you know, for Boone County, I feel like it's just brick by brick. If they can, like you said, if they can put together three wins this season, that'd be huge because who's to say they can't spring off that for years to come. But, you know, can it, sticking with the Boone County theme, the Connor Cougars, Last year uh, went three and four, but again, super up and down. They won their first two, dropped their four of their last five. Uh, they just they just couldn't sustain momentum. But this year they have they have a couple players to that'll really make their season interesting. Quarterback Alex Cashersey coming back, Elijah Thompson coming back. You know, having a kicker like Nick Keller. You know, it, again, he's a D one prospect. That's that's huge. You know, when in those close games. You know, people always say like, oh, kickers, that doesn't matter. Well, when, when, when you need a field goal at the end of the game, it matters, especially when the kid has an offer from Louisville. But, you know, Con- Connors, yeah, exactly. L's up. You know, that might cause some controversy. But, hey, uh, L's up and go Big Blue, just for the sake of not pissing anyone off on this podcast. But, uh, we'll, we'll, this, again, Connor. They have a game against Lafayette. That'll be a really interesting game to start the year. And then a couple tough games against Ryle and Dixie. Um, so, you know, Connor, looking at a really brutal first part of the season, but then they play Scott, Campbell County, Boone County. So they, uh, I could really see them going three and three through the first six weeks before they head into uh, district play where they'll play, or I guess, you know, as they start district play with Boone, Highlands, Cooper, Cuffcath, um, you know, Again, Boone and Cooper are probably games I would expect the Cougars to win. But, you know, the game against Highlands and Covcath um, going to be huge. Obviously, Highlands will again, we'll talk about them in a second, as well as Covcath. Those those two games, those two teams, I should say, are going to be very talented. And Connor's going to be kind of in a similar spot. Connor's going to want to continue to continue to improve, just like the Bluebirds and the Colonels. But a, a, a season ending game against uh, George Rogers Clark. Um, you know, for me, I could see them, I, I could see Connor going five and five at the minimum. I, I think, you know, last year they couldn't string together, uh, momentum, but I don't think anyone could string together momentum last year, unless you were, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people weren't able to do that. So for Connor, if they can, if Alex Cassiusy can kind of find his rhythm with Elijah Thompson, if they can kind of run things through Hebron and figure everything out on the defensive side of the ball as well. Who's to say Connor can't make a little bit of a run in the playoffs as well, but it'll be really tough, especially when it, you know, again, those first three games against really talented teams, 
and then, you know, a couple of winnable games, but then they have another up and down kind of schedule to end the year. It'd be really interesting to see how Connor does. Yeah. Similar to Boone County. It's just a very, very tough schedule. Connor is a, I mean, a, a pretty solid team. As you said, would they go five and five last year, right around five, uh, three and four, three and four. So they're right around 500 for uh, a shortened season for COVID. But my, my problem is, yeah, they have a tough schedule that uh, get weeks two through five at Ryle at Dixie at Scott, that that's a nice little gauntlet in your middle of your season. And then they follow that up with versus Campbell County at Boone at Highlands. Yeah, that, that's going to be tough. But, I mean, as you mentioned, having a kicker in close games, in one-score games, I mean, that can be just an absolute game-saver, and he can win them multiple games this season. So I think they're going to hover around 500 or maybe even steal a game and go, uh, you know, game or two above 500 because of Nick Keller and clo- winning close games. Completely agree. And, you know, again uh... – I guess shift shifting to remaining in Boone County, Cooper Jaguars, um, you know, Connor's in a, in a better position than them. Cause Cooper, Cooper lost a lot of production. Uh, they lost their, their main man uh, quarterback, Jeremiah Lee. He led the team rushing. They also lost their second leading rusher and Eric Wright. So, I mean, offensively, that's going to be, that's going to be, I mean, you're going to need some people to step up. Uh, you know, last year they went three and six with, Two losses uh, came against Cuffcath and Ryle. So, you know, again, as the theme is, I guess, with these 5A schools, just a tough schedule. But Cooper opens up against George Rogers Clark, but then they play Dixie, Ryle, and then they play Campbell County. So it'll be interesting because both teams are going to have some new faces, try to kind of become those impact players. But then they play Covington Catholic, you know, Connor, Boone, Highlands, and then Butler, you know, it's going to be really interesting because Cooper's going to need a lot of production made up um, with the loss of obviously their two leading rushers and in a run heavy offense. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's easy to say that, Oh, they'll find someone who's able to do the job, but I mean, it's really hard to replace players like, you know, uh, Jeremiah Lee. I can remember his name for a second, uh, replace a player like Jeremiah Lee. So um, for Cooper, that's just going to be interesting. Cause again, they got that, another tough schedule, but who's to say that, you know, they don't have the next man up and they start, you know, they string together a few wins. Yeah. Cooper is, I think they're going to be a struggle a little bit this year after losing Jeremiah Lee. He he was a very big uh, load of their offensive yardage last year. And after losing anybody that, uh, you know, carries your offense like that, I think you're going to have some growing pains. So, I mean, if they can get, two wins out of their first four games and start out two and two, as you mentioned with that tough stretch, I, I think they could, I, I don't think they could go 500 this season because they lost to Connor last season as well. And now they have to play at Connor. So that that's going to be a tough one. They lost by a touchdown at home last year and now they're at Connor this year. So, and then Connor's has their quarterback uh, coming back as we just mentioned Alex Kostrushi. So and a close game with that and their kicker, it, it's going to be tough. I, I think Cooper's going to struggle a little bit this year. They can pick up a few wins here and there, but yeah, Cooper, uh, I, I don't think they're going to compete in the district at, like they usually do. Rounding out 5A, we've got the two big rivals, uh, 
let's 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 start with uh Covcath because I, I think we got a lot to talk about with Highlands because they they took the cake by far for most insane offseason. But we'll talk about Covcath because I think Covcath is right again. Um, you know, they, they lost a lot, they graduated a lot, but they're Covcath. It's Eddie Eviston. They're gonna be back in state contention. Um, you know, they, they return a D1 prospect and Trevor Wilson. They have uh, offensive power, firepower again. They have a, a returning um, O lineman, a couple of tight ends coming back, uh, a talented running back. Covcats, uh, they made it to the state semifinals last year before losing to Bowling Green, who eventually won the state championship. Uh, but it'll it'll really depend on who starts under center. Um, and honestly, <laughs> Covcats got a really tough opener. They play Elder. And that one's going to be interesting because uh, in the past few years, Cuffcath has not particularly done um, too terribly well against GCL South teams. Um, you know, not to mention, but they did lose 50 to nothing to St. X in 2016 or 2015, 2015. Yes. I remember Sean Clifford was quarterback, you know, not that I was there, but I was um, just, yeah, <laughs> fuck it. I remember that game. They were down 16 to nothing within two minutes. Jesus Christ. You know, and the Covcast student section chanted overrated when they were losing 16 to nothing within two minutes. I was like, guys, come on. And it was Nippert Stadium. So, like, it was just echoing throughout. And it was like, what are y'all doing? Like, y'all are losing 50 to nothing. But uh, it was, it, it's, yeah, that was a long time ago. So, um, but obviously they play Elder. Um, I believe that's, is that at the pit? Yes, it is. That's that's going to be such an awesome game. Um, I you know I really commend Covcath, and I, I mean, to be, I think they have they almost have to because of the size of the school and I guess the amount of I, I don't want to I'm trying to choose my words carefully with this the size of the school and comparatively the amount of schools in the Northern Kentucky region that kind of match up to them with where Covcath's kind of. Uh, mindset is or kind of what their program expectations are. I mean, Covcath in their mind is a GCL South school just happens to be in Northern Kentucky. Now I know record wise, that doesn't exactly match up, but I, you know, kudos to them for scheduling elder. I think that's really cool that they're playing a team like elder who, I mean, Peyton Ramsey, I believe either, I, I believe is actually either on a, on a roster in the NFL or what, but um you know, Elder produces Division One athletes every year, and as does Covcath now. So it'll be really interesting to see how Elder does, how Covcath does. But you, we mentioned him earlier, Trevor Wilson. Got to give him a shout out. Shout out Austin Wilson. Uh, you know, our our, our boy um, who actually I was texting him today. He's he's going to be at that game, so we'll uh, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll ha- I'll be sure to ask him how the game goes. But that's going to be such a huge game for Covcath because you know they're going to want to get back. They're going to want to be able to. You know, the Covcath is state championship or bust in every sport. That's just the mentality they have. So for them to get to the semifinals and lose last year, so it's a team that won the state championship. It, it'll be interesting. And Eddie Eviston has gone 54 and three in, his, in, his, in almost 60 games. That's insane wow. for a team like Covcath, which they've just really established themselves as. Uh, I mean, I, I think you can say this without a doubt, probably the best program in northern kentucky year in year out for the past five or so years so for them i mean again a big game against elder 
and then Belfry, Lexcath, and then they played Dixie, Beachwood, you know, and then Cooper, Boone County, Highlands, Connor Ryle. You know, they're they're staring at a nine and one season potentially, eight and two maybe, depending on how um, that Beachwood game is going to be pretty close. But it's really going to have to. I mean, it all depends on their quarterback. You know, they've had good quarterbacks the past few years. They had AJ Mayer. Uh, they had Caleb Jacob, you know, both solid quarterbacks. Who, they had them for multiple years. And now it, they have a couple players who are gunning for that starting quarterback position. And for Covcath, you also, you know, you can look at that in two ways. If, you know, whoever starts uh, against Elder doesn't do well, you got another person who is kind of there. And if it's a close quarterback battle, and if you're Eddie Evanston, you're, you're thinking, all right, you're, you got some, you got some options and obviously you don't yank someone the first minute they struggle, but your Cuffcast looking at a pretty, I guess that's a good luxury to have, to have multiple players uh, being able to take snaps. Uh, we mentioned Campbell County transfer Preston Aji, who um, is contending for that spot, but also uh, put up some numbers in a recent scrimmage. I believe he had a 80 plus yard touchdown pass maybe, but they might be running him at running back. So Cuffcast got some weapons on offense and you know again they got Trevor Wilson leading that D line and he he has an offer from Middle Tennessee State a really good FBS program all of a sudden you know Cuffcast might be they're going to find themselves right back uh you know in a deep in another deep playoff run as they usually do yeah it, it's looking like it's going to be another great season for Cuffcast is what it's looking like that as you've mentioned they they return a lot this year uh the only question mark is around their quarterback situation at this point, but I think it's a good question mark because they have so much talent and they don't know who to choose. So I don't know how short of a leash everybody will have. I mean, that'll just be a play by ear thing, but I mean, they got plenty of talent and all, all of their options. And then, as you mentioned, uh, they returned three O line starters, senior left tackle, Sam, Apple, Sam Eplin, uh, senior uh, center, Peyton Dietz and junior right guard, Thomas Schramm. So that's huge to have three O line uh, guys coming back for a new quarterback. I mean, he's going to have time to really establish himself this season. Uh, and then another uh, player uh, that's coming back this year, tight end slash linebacker Aiden Jones and senior tight end David Sullivan, the two tight ends that you mentioned. So, yeah, they are very, very stacked this year as always. And I'm sure they have a few underclassmen that have yet to make their name yet that will really have breakout seasons this year that just aren't on our radar yet. So speaking of uh, breakout seasons and speaking of, you know, I guess Cuffcath, because, you know, you always talk about Cuffcath. You got to talk about that rivalry with Highlands. Like I said, the grand prize gold medal national champion of most craziest off season. Uh, one of the craziest coaching searches. I mean, it just at any, I, I mean, for Highlands, I mean, just a quick recap. Um, Highlands uh, hired Eddie James from Franklin County uh, to fill in their head coaching role. And then two days later, with, later withdrew his acceptance. This was after he had a press conference, after he had met with the team. You know, again, this was during COVID. So they had to, they had to organize something and make sure everything was good. So they, it took a lot of planning for that to happen. It's not just a simple, Hey, everyone come to Highlands, come to the field and meet your coach. It was, you got to put some guidelines in here. Like it's, you know, social distancing, I forgot the term for that for a second, which I'm glad I forgot about it. Cause ooh, can't wait, but 
I mean, and then he backs out. And then he, it's just like, wait, what? I don't, I, I mean, I've seen, I know Bill Belichick had that situation happen. I believe it was with the Jets, but I mean, for Highlands, that was, that was brutal. But, you, you know, again, Eddie, Eddie James, you can't blame someone for wanting to go back home. So um, no, no disrespect there. Well, actually, I don't know. Accepting a job, having a press conference, a little bit, eh, you, you could have handled that better. But, you know, again, home, when home comes calling, it's, it's a little tough to say no, which, again, I guess home came calling a couple of days after he left. So moving on, uh, Bob's yeah. fire. <laughs> uh, before we move on from that, I, I actually had – that was a very tough situation, and it was hard to see. But I had something like that happen to me uh, in high school when I was at St. Henry. I, I believe it was right. my sophomore year. We hired uh, – oh, what was his name? He was a former uh, MLB player. I cannot remember his name. But he took the job and then quit within – he had one parent meeting and then quit within two weeks to take a first base coach job in the minor leagues. So that was, that was tough. And it was during the off season as well. So we literally just had one meeting and then he quit and we had to find a new coach. So I know where they're at. It's a tough feeling, but they'll get through it. You'll yeah. Persevere. Especially because the Highlands job is such an interesting job. And, I mean, from a kid's perspective, that's got to just be so tough to, you know – you go, okay, this is our new head coach. Buy into his process. Eddie James was building something at Franklin County, and he was hoping to replicate that in Fort Thomas. And then he just kind of backs out. It's kind of like, okay, that I, obviously the, the kids are going to be able to rally around the new head coach, Bob's fire, but that hurts a lot of trust. That, you know, that kind of makes the job for a coach's fire really, I mean, it adds a level of difficulty, but you know, Highlands has been searching their way back to being you know, we, we mentioned Covcath being probably, you know, or excuse me, I mentioned Covcath being one of the better teams in the region uh, year in, year out. But Highlands used to be in that position and Highlands used to be the team that everyone wanted to be. And now Highlands is searching to get back to that Highlands or to, back to that kind of program. Um, Spire coming in, he was he started the program at Lexington Catholic, won them a state championship in 2005, uh, coached a long time in Georgia has uh, coached players like Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, CJ Azama, and current Cincinnati Bearcat, uh, MyJ Sanders. You know, he's, he's got a lot. Uh, he's worked with a lot of talent in Georgia. I believe he was with Camden County and North Gwinnett, um, two very prominent programs in the, in the Peach State. But, I mean, for Highlands, I mean, Adam, it starts, it starts and ends with Charlie Noon. I mean, that's going to be... He he's one of the best quarterbacks in the eight five nine. He's now a junior. He's a dual threat, and you know, looking at his film from last year, it's it's just you could see how much he has developed and how much he can develop. And for Highlands, that's going to. I mean, this year could be really be the year that sets them back on track to, you know, I, maybe maybe not state championship contending just yet. But this year could be the year where they're finally going, okay, now we're at least hanging with Cuffcath. Now we're at least contending for the district title. And again, for a program like Highlands, that's that's the expectation. They haven't been there in a long time. And for the fans, the alums, the boosters, that I mean, they, they got a good coach to lead them back that way. Definitely, definitely. So uh, the Highlands opened their season on August 6th with a scrimmage versus Louisville Mail. That was a tough one, 41-7 to loss. But Louisville Mail is one of the top five teams in the state of Kentucky. 
So that that's not really much telling against Highlands there. And then they open their season tomorrow night against Bowling Green in, at Western Kentucky. That's the defending uh, state champion Bowling Green. So that is going to be a tough one for Highlands. So yeah, and that's essentially a home game for Bowling Green. Yeah, but as you mentioned, they have soft. Uh, they returned junior uh, starting quarterback Charlie Noon, who started all of last year as a sophomore. He's a dual-threat quarterback. He's very good. So he's already had all this experience as a starting quarterback, and now he has to start with Mail and Bowling Green before he gets to start with his Northern Kentucky schedule this year. So he, I think he'll be more than ready to hit the ground running once he plays the Northern Kentucky opponents after having all this experience under his belt. And I think Highlands can really surprise some people this year. And also other returning guys, they have uh, senior D-back, defensive back Will Hartman, junior inside linebacker Sam Robinson, senior D-lineman Ivan Roller, junior uh, defensive back Adam Dunn, just to name a few guys. Highlands, I I think they can really surprise some people this year. I wouldn't go as far to say that they could beat Cath this year, but, I mean, they only lost 38-21 to last year, the – Covcath in the at Covcath in the playoffs. So 17 point loss. They return a lot from that team. They have a new coach. It'll be a new system. They play Covcath the second to last week of the season. I, I think that could be a much better game than people expect this year. I mean, we'll see how the Covcath uh, quarterback situation goes, but I mean, Highlands has their guy in Charlie Noon. Uh, I, I think Covgath is definitely the all-around better team, and they have a better chance at winning state. But I, I think Highlands with that uh, home game against Covcath, they could maybe surprise some people this year. Completely agree. And for me, I've I've got these a couple of games circled. Up. You know that Simon Kenton game is going to be interesting because that's more of a. I feel like that's more of a good barometer for them playing Bowling Green opening opening weekend at Western Kentucky. That's going to be very tough. If they if Highlands can come away with a win in that. That'll be that'll be just completely change everything. That'll be like okay, hold on now. Like we're, they're way ahead of schedule in terms of if Highlands is back. Highlands is almost like Texas, you know. You're like Texas is back, and, yeah. you know. I, I guess Charlie Noon is Sam Ellinger, but um, geez, that's a comparison that I'm gonna live with for the rest of the season. But um, you know, for them to play at Simon Kenton and then home to Campbell County, if they can put two wins there, start the year two and one, and then they go across the river to Archbishop McNicholas. Uh, again, that should be a winnable game for Highlands. And then they play Ryle and Dixie. Those are the two games where I am really interested to see uh, what happens because Ryle is another team. Um, well, both teams we're going to talk about in a second, but Ryle is um, they're going to have a lot of players to you know replace. And Dixie obviously comes back with a lot of high expectations. So if Highlands can do something with those two games, you know that'll be like you said. That October fifteenth game against Govcath in Fort Thomas. Again, I, I, I'm not ready to go as far to say put the Covcath on upset watch because you know obviously we're a couple months out. But um, you know we'll we'll see what Charlie Noon and the boys can do. The Bluebirds are definitely in a good spot uh, to really have a huge season to really steady the program back to uh, the direction it's going in. But um, you know, again, one of the one of the opponents um, that Highlands has to play, Campbell County, as we shift to the last class of the uh, bluegrass football, the six A, uh, Campbell County. Um, we we mentioned this. Uh, they're they're set to have a brutal season. Um, two and six last year. 
lose uh, Preston Agi. They lost by an average of almost two touchdowns in the final four games last year. Uh, lost six of their last seven contests. Just, uh, just not a good end to a brutal year last year. And we, we mentioned at the top of the pod or football preview portion of the pod, an opening game against NCC where if, if Campbell County loses that game, that might, that might spell trouble for the rest of the year because um, they fall there. Then they play Woodford County and then they play Highlands, Cooper, Connor, George Rogers, Clark, Ryle, SK, Dixie, and Corbin. Um, you know, Adam, I, I don't know about you, but, I, I, I could see Campbell County staring at a two and eight, potentially three and seven season. Um, just a lot of, again, they, they run a run heavy offense. So um, a little easier to kind of plug in new faces, but a lot of production needs to be replaced. And especially because they went two and six last year, um, you know, when you lose a lot of production on a team that wins two games, it's it's going to be very challenging, but who's who's again who's to say that they don't have a couple of players kind of rise through the ranks and uh, really make names for themselves? Yeah, one hundred percent. That that first game of the season, as we've mentioned multiple times, against Newcastle is going to be very very telling for this Campbell County team. If if they can start it off well, maybe steal a win from Newcastle, then maybe they could have a solid season. They have Woodford County at home right after that. They could start off two and zero realistically if they steal that new calf game but if they don't i mean it it doesn't get much easier weeks three four five or at highlands cooper connor i mean that that's tough and then at grc then a bye anytime you have four straight road games i mean in at any level of any sport that's just uh tough tough scheduling right there and with what campbell county lost a lot from last year as you mentioned breston aggie transferring as well it's going to be a tough year for them. For sure. They have running back Aiden Bowens, who's going to potentially uh, lead the way. But again, production is going to be uh, tough to fill in. But moving on, we've kind of we've kind of talked about this. Um, you know, I think, Adam, we, we've kind of gone back and forth on this and we, we agree. Dixie Heights, uh, I think or I guess we think that Dixie, this is going to be their best year since their, uh, was a state runners up run when they went in uh, 2014 or was it 2015? Yes. I believe it was 2014. It was our sophomore year in high school because my cousin was a senior at Dixie that year. I remember uh, yeah, they uh, lost to Trinity in the state finals, I believe, but as you do, <laughs> but they made it to the state championship. And I think that this could really be their, I mean, it, it's definitely their most talented team on paper since that team. I mean, maybe more so, more talented than that team, really. I mean, they oh, have yeah. their best quarterback in years. I mean, they have their best quarterback since Zeke Pike and Logan Landers, another Elite 11 camp guy. That's the second Elite 11 camp guy in the last 10 years at Dixie. I mean, how many schools can say that? And then they also return just two stud wide receivers in Devin Holbert and Kel Hawkins. And Kel Hawkins is also a great defensive back. He was top in the region interceptions last year. Then on their O-line, on their O-line they have senior uh, Western Kentucky commit Evan Wiberly. And then also they return senior running back uh, Pierce Rollman. So, I mean, uh, all their key guys on offense are coming back from a 6-4 and four team that uh, last year that was just so close to getting over the hump. I mean, this Dixie team could be very interesting this year. And I – 
I mean, depending on how this how they uh, play their first few weeks of the schedule, uh, they could maybe make a run in six A state. They could. We'll, we'll see what happens. See what happens. Yeah, yeah th- their first three games against Lloyd Cooper Connor. Those are all. It should be winnable win wins for uh, Dixie. That September tenth game against Cuffcalf. Oh man, that's gonna be that's that's probably the. I mean, that's got to be the biggest game of the season for Dixie. Um, I know district wise, it doesn't count, but um, if if Dixie can beat Cuffcalf, if they can get past Cuffcalf, and uh, I mean, it's it, again, if they get past Cuffcalf, all of a sudden Dixie's starting to look at, hey, maybe they can go ten and zero. You know, they have a uh, a pretty tough kind of middle of the season you know, the first three games are winnable and then they play Cuffcath Highlands Beachwood. That's just a, a brutal little stretch, but then they play Simon Kenton, which again, that should be a tough one. That's uh, at Simon Kenton. So Dixie might have some trouble with there, but then Ryle, uh, you know, Ryle's going to definitely want some revenge on them because um, they knocked him out of last, the year. last year. Exactly. In dramatic fashion as well. So Ryle's going to want to beat them. But then like, you know, Ryle Campbell County and Scott to end the year. If if Dixie can beat Cuffcath and Beachwood, I think those two games are going to be the biggest ones, probably the biggest threats to uh, a potential perfect season. Um, again, I don't I don't want to label a perfect season right before it starts. You know, place that expectation. But uh, for Dixie, yeah, like you said, this is the best shot they have. Um, potentially even better shot than the 2014 run. So. Uh, Logan Landers getting a lot of college interest, uh, picking up a few offers this summer. He he's set to have a huge season. He had a great season last year. Um, again, you know, in a COVID year and throwing for almost 2000 yards, you, you got to look at Dixie as a potential, um, you know, a, a potential dark horse for the six, a state championship. Now, obviously play, you know, you got teams like Trinity who are going to be tough, but I mean, Trinity lost a lot of players this year, and I know this isn't a Louisville podcast, but Trinity again, Trinity, uh, Trinity lost a lot of players. So who's to say that Dixie might not be able to, uh, or might be able to pick up uh, or put together a deep run? But man, if uh, if everything can kind of align for them, I don't think there's any stop in Dixie, and I, I wouldn't go as far to say they're the state favorites, but I, I think they're I think they're the favorites to repeat as district champions. Yeah, I think they're definitely a top 10 team in the 6A state. And they're not getting enough love in these preseason rankings from around the state as well. So they're being slept on a little bit. And as you mentioned, Trinity graduated a lot from this past season. But they always reload, so that'll be interesting. They, Trinity, as we mentioned, ended Dixie's season in the playoffs last year with a 56-0 win at Trinity. But, I mean, almost every player from that Trinity team graduated. Sure, they're reloading, but Dixie returns a team with very valuable experience with two playoff wins from last year. All their uh, skill players are coming back. Their quarterback's coming back. I mean, this is going to be a very experienced 6A team, and if they go 10-0 and in the regular season, there's no telling what they can do in the playoffs. I mean, they could, they could beat anybody if they have that great of a regular season. They could, if you go 10-0, and you feel like you can beat anybody. For sure. sure. But yeah, speaking, you know, we talked about this Ryle um, undefeated in district play during the regular season last year before falling to Dixie. They went six and four last year, lost quarterback Braden Lyons, but now they have Logan Virax coming in or Virax. I apologize for probably butchering that name, 
Um, and also Caden Garter coming back. Ryle's going to be right there. They're obviously, um, you know, a tr- a, in recent years, they've been uh, the team to beat in some years. But, you know, Union Kentucky seems to be producing a lot of good players every year. So um, with a veteran O-line and secondary you know, Ryle's, Ryle's going to have the ability to have those young players or those new faces kind of break out. But when you, again, when you have a team like we just talked about with all the players returning for Dixie, um, Ryle, Ryle might has a lot cut out for them this year. Um, you know, they, they have a pretty, pretty tough opener against Lexington Catholic and then they play Connor and Cooper and DeSales before uh, kind of facing a five or a district opponent in Highlands or excuse me, not district opponent, but uh, a fellow A59 opponent. Um, Ryle's going to be really interesting because don't re- again, we do- it's one of those teams where we don't really know what their identity is going to be quite yet. We don't know if it's going to be kind of like a, uh, a Jake Chisholm situation where you know they have the firepower in the backfield, or is it going to be a Tanner Morgan situation where it runs through their, not runs, but everything's through the air. Um, you know, I'm really interested to see how the Raiders do, um, you know, when it comes to, I guess, I guess, some of their games. I mean, they play Louisville St. X. That's always going to be a tough opponent. But, again, Ryle is always there in district contention no matter what. And with, you know, a couple of a couple of games here and there, to that'll be really testy. Um, you know, for, again, for Ryle, I could see it's it's weird. I could see them going anywhere from like three and seven to eight and two. It, honestly, you could just throw put it on a dartboard and throw it, and you could make a case for their record. But again, Ryle Ryle does such a good job at making sure everyone's ready year in year out, and I no doubt that they'll do that again this year. But um, it'll be really interesting to see how they play against some of these tough opponents they have on their schedule. Yeah, I agree. And to just look at their schedule from last year, they were a pretty streaky team. So they started out with a win over Boone County. Then they lost three in a row to Highlands Beachwood, Scott County. Then they rattled off five wins in a row before losing to Dixie in the playoffs in dramatic fashion, as you mentioned. So that was their last game of the season was that Dixie game this year. Now they open up against Lexcath, who obviously is going to be a solid team. I'll be there tomorrow night. It should be a very good game. And yeah, there's, as you as you said, there's a lot of question marks around this Ryle team, but if there's one thing for certain, Ryle has reloaded as well or better than any other uh, public school in the area over the past decade. So their football program has been very solid. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what, they, what they're going to do this year. They have, a, as you mentioned, a tougher schedule. Three out-of-town opponents, Lexcath, DeSales, Louisville St. X that they're playing and then all the tough teams in Northern Kentucky as well. So you're definitely going to find out pretty quick what they're, how they're going to be, especially weeks two and three versus Connor at Cooper. I mean, that, that'll be really telling for where this Ryle team is early in the season. For sure. And, you know, a, a team that is similar to that kind of will we'll tell pretty quickly is Simon Kenton, um, you know, the pioneers who have quarterback, uh, Chase Crone coming back almost posting 2,000 yards. He had 12 touchdowns last year as a sophomore. Jaden Lawson also back. Um, I read in the Enquirer that apparently their coach said that he added 10 pounds. So when a running back adds 10 pounds in an offseason, um, who you know, 
you're you're doing pretty good. You're gonna have a pretty good season. So um SK, that's that's they're gonna be an interesting team because they open up against Oldham County before uh playing against Highlands, which we've mentioned that's gonna be a huge game for I mean, that's really gonna be a huge game for both teams because I mean, both teams are just looking to kind of get back to what they're used to. Um, You know, Simon Kenton is used to lighting up the scoreboard. They're used to, you know, being week in, week out, contending. And I mean, this year they, you know, they play Oldham County Highlands, uh, Southwestern before they play Beachwood, which again, that'll be a big game because, you know, Simon Kenton has given Beachwood trouble in years past, especially when Beachwood's had good teams. But also, I mean, Beachwood's really good this year. So a pretty tough schedule for Simon Kenton. But, I mean, they play, they play a team out of Indiana on September 24th, and then they face Corbin for uh, facing a few uh, district opponents. But, Adam, for, for Simon Kenton, wh- what are you thinking? Because are you, are you, for me, I'm thinking uh, six and f- – I'm thinking like anywhere five and four – or five and five, six and four – or, yeah, six and four, seven and uh, three maybe. But – I mean, if Chase Crone can kind of put something together, I mean, he can, I mean, he's a baller and he's, he's definitely going to have, I think um, a pretty huge season. I think a lot of quarterbacks in the region definitely will considering we're coming off a of COVID year, but I mean, if Simon Ken, I, again, reading, reading the article in the inquire, uh, they're not happy with how last season went. They went three and seven last year. So um, what do you think this year will look like for the pioneers? Uh, I, I think it's going to be an interesting season for them. As you said, they open their season against Oldham County. That's going to be a tough 6A opponent and then versus Highlands. So two back-to-back tough games to start out the year. That'll be very telling. And as you said, they returned soft, uh, now junior Chase Crone, who was – was he number one in passing or number two behind Landers last year? Uh, yeah, I was going to say Landers might be first, but I, either way, they're both – I. They're both super, it's it's one A and one B essentially in terms of probably the best throwing quarterbacks in the region. Yeah, so they were putting he was putting up unbelievable stats last year, and I, I just learned that thing about their running back pick uh, putting on ten pounds. So that's absolutely huge to have a running back come back to do that. So this team's this uh, team seems very motivated. I mean, they lost uh, seven of their last eight games to close last year after winning their first two. So. And anytime when you end a season like that and lose in dramatic fashion in the playoffs, you're going to have a chip on your shoulder coming into the next year. And I think that's how Simon Kenton's going to come out this year. And Chase Crone's going to come out firing and they're going to go as far as he can take them. And I, I think I, seven and three is definitely uh, within question. Seven and three, maybe even eight and two tops eight and two. So thank you guys for listening to the football preview podcast for this uh, upcoming season. We're going to be doing this on a weekly basis. Uh, check out our social media for uh, when the podcast will be drops, but it'll, we'll probably do a uh, day, game week. Uh, we'll probably do a game recap for uh, each uh, week and run through the stats, uh, stat leaders and everything. And we're also going to keep touching on volleyball and soccer. So we will not, uh, Leave anything out. Stay tuned for the rest of the year, and we will give you the best Northern Kentucky sports coverage that we possibly can. Thank you.